Hi, my name is V Nonsveth. I am owner and founder of Nonsveth and Associates. So happy to be here today. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Nonsveth um, and Associates is located out of uh, Austin, Texas. We are a comprehensive immigration law firm, and this is pretty much all we do: family immigration and employment-based immigration. And I'm Scott Berry, your host for this episode of Immigration Nation. We're super excited to have V here today. We've actually known V since 2017. Oh, has, wow. So like six years now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she is absolutely one of our favorite attorneys and we've enjoyed watching her firm grow. Um, it, was, it was small when we first met you mm -hmm. and um, your success has just been inspiring as it's, the firm has doubled in size and probably doubled again and you're serving so many people um, in, in the, the Texas and now national um, space that, you know, it's just an honor to have you here. Dee, thank you. Thank you. So Dee, due in large part to a lot of things that are happening around the globe, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of chaotic and it seems like it always is, but it seems like the U.S. has been a familiar destination for a lot of people seeking protection, mm -hmm. right? Um, so legal solutions have been in place for quite a while, right? Like we anticipate that people will continue to come to the U.S. asking mm -hmm. for protection, right? The key is recognizing how to guide them, you know, to the right solution, and w one of those solutions is parole in place. Correct. It's got kind of a weird name, mm -hmm. right? So you should probably explain what it really is and how it gets used. So what, what is parole in place? Parole in place is just like it sounds. It's you are paroled basically in the place that you stand. So let's just say if you came to the United States and you did come here illegally or even if you came but maybe you overstayed mm -hmm. and there aren't any options for you. This is possibly one option, and, and, and military parole in place, which I think is one, honestly, one of the best programs that the government, our government could have implemented. You know, it's just, you know, the military holds a little special place in my heart. Yeah, and, and we can discuss that later if we want to, but what's good about it is that as if, you know, these brave men and women that serve in our military they already have to worry so much about everything else and they're stressed. They are saving the world, <laughs> basically. Yeah, risking their lives. Risking their lives. And the last thing they need to worry about is whether or not their loved one is going to get deported. So what I mean by saying when I say this is such a great program is to be implemented for them and their families is that right there so that that's one less thing they need to worry about. So if someone has like a loved one or a spouse, mm -hmm. family member um, that has some immigration issues, mm -hmm. um, parole in place is something that might apply to them. Possibly, right? yes. So, so mm -hmm. who, who can apply for the program? To be specific, so let's say you're, um, a, a, a you're in the military, whichever branch, whether the, it could also be the reserve, it could be the National Guard, you can also be a, a veteran um, and active duty. You can also be honorably discharged. Okay. So as the family member that would be considered petitioning, 
those are the categories. Now for the person that you're filing for, that could be your spouse, that can be your children, or your parents. And now, of course, you know our military. They're U.S. citizens uh, that that uh, that are that are serving. That could be anywhere in the United States. Anywhere in the United States. Okay. As a matter of fact, widowers of those who have served can also possibly okay. be eligible for this as well. And, um, and 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 as long as you meet those requirements, there, that's kind of where we start. Well, what happens if there's already like removal? you know, proceedings mm -hmm. in place, uh, anything related to deportation, and like it's actively happening. Is it too late for them no, to reach out to you? absolutely not. Not too late as long as they don't have any other major inadmissibility issues. So in other words, you know, if you have multiple entries, illegal entries and things like that. But what we would normally do is that if you are currently in deportation proceedings or removal proceedings, we would have a whole packet together ready to go to prove that you qualify for this military parole in place, along with a petition for alien relative that they would file, and then we would request that the case be terminated in court. Because technically, um, Department of Homeland Security, when you get to the court portion of this, they don't have jurisdiction over that. So you would terminate it, and then it would get kind of pitched back to USCIS, uh, which is more on like the administrative side, and then they are the ones who make the decision on that. So, you know, the world can be kind of a um, sticky place, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's not clean, things happen, right? What if, what if your family member has been convicted of a crime mm -hmm. and that's on their record? Mm -hmm. Does that just nullify their chances at all? Does it semi-kill it, totally kill it? That's the thing. We kind of have to really look at what that criminal conviction is. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's the same thing. Whenever I, when I'm looking at someone, whether or not they are eligible for a green card, just on a regular, normal basis of qualifying through a family member, okay. not doing this parole in place. You know, so some of the things I would ask, of course, besides how, ma how many times, is it just the one time that you've entered? How many times have you entered? Yeah. But I would also ask, do you have any criminal convictions? Have you ever been arrested? And then we look at those convictions and see if it would then trigger an inadmissibility issue. So we kind of have to make sure we vet through all of that. Obviously, we don't want to make our clients vulnerable, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you look at all of that and you make an assessment and say, okay, this might not be for you. We don't feel comfortable yeah. putting you out there. You are going to make yourself vulnerable. Possibly if you get denied for this, you might get put into proceedings. Mm. So let's say that someone met with you and you thought this might work, right? Mm -hmm. how, do, how do they apply? What's that whole process like if you think it'll actually work and they wanna hire you, for example, to apply? Sure. First thing, again, once we have, like you said, you know, we vetted, everything fits, all the requirements are met, the elements are there. Then what we do is we first file for uh, the I-131, which okay. is, is technically it's, it's like a travel permit application, but we use that uh, to also file for the parole in place. And, you know, the evidence that are included that's in there, we put the packet together, that gets sent out. That's probably going to take 
initially when this kind of first started, it, it went through really fast. I mean, it was taking like two, three months. But now what we've been seeing, at least where we are in Austin, it can take up to a year sometimes. So you have to be a little patient with this. Once it gets approved, now you're into the next step, which allows you to file for that adjustment of status. And that's the green card process. Is there a lot of proof that goes with it? I mean, is it not that big a deal? Or is there a lot of things when you're getting ready to apply, things that they have to provide, things mm -hmm. that you have to prove out? Is that a big issue in PIP or not? Well, um, just like we were saying earlier, the, you know, the proof for the PIP portion of it is going to be whether or not you're active duty, veteran, uh, honorably discharged, and uh, which branch, and you know, so and all have of to that. Provide those documents. And uh, all yes, we do. We prove. we ask for the documents to prove that they have been part of the military, the reserve, or you know, whichever uh, branch it is. So we do ask for that, and then we do actually include proof of marriage or the relationship to the person. Uh, so we would we would have all of that because technically, what we're what we are applying for is for the, the applicant. And then we're attaching the evidence that that applicant is the spouse of the military person. Gotcha. So that's how we do that. So it, is the process similar to some of the other visa processes and things where like there's actually interviews with um, like USCIS mm -hmm. and stuff? It, is that true? Well, the parole in place part, no. Um, the parole in place that we have filed they just kind of, you know, we get that filed, a decision is made, we get the approval back. Now we take that and then now we move to the next step, which is the adjustment of status step. Wow. That is the process for the green card portion of it. And in that step, yes, there would be an interview there. So as long as you get approval back, mm -hmm. then you can move right into an adjustment of status Pretty and much. pursue the green card. Yes. Now, it's not guaranteed. No. Right, that they'll get it, some get it, and some don't. So, again, you know, even though we vet all of this, but things can happen, right? Sometimes in the middle of this while everything's pending, what if this person does get arrested? What if something else does happen? What if all of a sudden they let us know, oh, FYI, in the initial meeting I had with you, I forgot to tell you yeah. this. And that happens. And that right? happens. Because people don't want to mm -hmm. just come clean and have you give up on them. Exactly, right? exactly. That's another whole episode right that's that a whole <laughs> right, that, right? exactly because they don't realize they're shooting themselves in the foot mm -hmm. that it's not gonna it's gonna get found out and that's the thing one and of the first things i say to them in that initial consultation is please be honest with me because you know there's always possibilities of us getting this fixed prior to putting anything out there or i'm just going to be very transparent and straight up with you and let you know you can't do this or you're going yeah. to make yourself vulnerable People to waste deportation, a lot of time, money, make vulnerable money. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, we're, so we're talking about money mm -hmm. right now. I know you can't speak for every attorney mm -hmm. all over the United States, and so there, you know, th there is no like fixed common cost for this process for every case with every attorney. Mm -hmm. It's going to vary. I mm -hmm. know. Can you give our listeners just a little bit of a range of what? it might cost to, sure. to do the program? Sure, you're probably looking, I mean, for us, the, the PIP, we charge six, 1695 to just do that portion of it. And then once that gets approved, then we go ahead and do the adjustment of status. 
and the, you're probably looking at a range from three to four thousand dollars on that. Now that those are just the attorney fees. Now there are fees that go to the mm -hmm. government. The government, the PIP portion, no fees there. The, they actually don't ask for a fee for the government. On the green card process is where the fees come in, and you're looking right now. And of course, these fees change every so often. But right, right now, as we speak, you're looking at about five hundred and thirty-five and a thousand two hundred twenty-five dollars. And that's if you go through the entire process. Correct. And Correct. make it through there. So, mm -hmm. uh, so you mentioned earlier that you know this program was special mm -hmm. to you, and I think you've got a little bit of a story behind that. Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure, sure. So just briefly, um, you know, I don't really talk about this all that much, but I myself am a refugee from Laos. We, my family and I were escaping communism at that time. And we were able to get out of there, and the U.S. military played an instrumental role in, in saving my family. And so I think maybe somewhere kind of, you know, ingrained in the back of my head, I probably saw, you know, remember as a, as a young child, the military uniform or, you know, something like that that's now been ingrained right. in me. And you know the history. You know right. how it happened. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, mom and dad doesn't really go into too much with it. I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. very hard spots there for them to uh, bring back up. But I do know that, you know, any time a military does meet with us, it's just one of those things that I have a soft spot for because – Honestly, coming to the U.S., being able to come here as refugees, being able to get, uh, be given the opportunity to, to be a part of what back home we knew as the promised land. You know, this is literally, this is better than, for us, any lottery ticket that we could have won. Yeah. And so, you know, you come here and you make the best of it, and hopefully I've made my parents proud and I've made the U.S. proud, you know, that this wasn't just some wasted thing. I mean, we, we, we are very, very thankful for being given the opportunity and honestly, at the end of, end of the day, being saved from our situation. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, that's really touching. Yeah. You know, that's what a fantastic story. Thanks for sharing that. You're you welcome. know, it, I'm sure it has a lot to do with how you develop connections with your clients and your empathy towards them because this isn't just a job for you i mean it's so much more correct yeah right. yeah it's um i don't think you can do this job unless you have built into your dna yeah, some kind of motivation compassion Internal, yeah. empathy i mean as a matter of fact my staff that i have anytime i interview them i always want sort of a a background like why why do you want to do this and every single one of them have some connection to immigration and they think that that is very much needed in order for us to serve our clients the best way that we can so thank you v You're welcome. it's been incredible having you on the show today um v again uh, an immigration attorney out of austin texas mm -hmm. one of the top and also expanding and you do a, a, you have a lot of clients in texas and outside of texas That's as well right. so um, and you have an incredible firm that has grown since we met you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's serving so many needy people with legal solutions mm -hmm. in the immigration world. And uh, it's just wonderful to have you here. To our audience, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. 
and you know you're welcome we'll have the information uh, nearby to reach out to V if you yes. have questions either way make sure that you take advantage of the experts in the field to get educated on your options absolutely this podcast has been prepared for general information purposes only and is not legal advice. This information is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. 